Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host James and today we are looking at the episode Guilt Tripping. So, as we begin, Blaith is running late to class so she decides to run in the halls and she runs past a no running sign and says, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. So she runs and hits a line that is formed going into class, which causes a domino effect of, like, children falling over, which ends with Whitney Biscuit pulling the fire alarm. Both Biscuits try to undo it, but Mr. Barish pokes out his head and actually fixes the problem because they were trying to pull on it harder to stop it because they're they're a bit thick. So... He then says, pulling the fire alarm and there's no fire might seem fun, but it's actually serious and a suspendable offense. The biscuits, who are being tried because both of their hands were on the fire alarm, even though Whitney was the one who pulled it, I guess that explains it, says that they didn't mean to and they just wanted to protect their personal space. Mr. Barris says that that is better than previous excuses. We then cut to three different events and three different excuses. Chaos in the gym. Aliens. Food fight at lunch. That kid in the ugly sweater. Various explosions and a gas leak that is causing people to faint in a science lab. Aliens in ugly sweaters. Mr. Barish says that there's no excuse for pulling the fire alarm. Despite the fact that students were passing out when they said aliens in ugly sweaters. Literally passing out. And that he's considering suspension. Everyone gasps and Blythe tries to interject. But the biscuits stop her saying she only ruins everything. So, they then say that if they get suspended, quote, Daddy won't give us our salary. And then Whitney says, you mean allowance. (laughs) They then continue on how Fisher is a harsh punisher of them. And Brittany says, didn't we used to have an older sister? Whitney answers, no, Brittany. That was a movie I watched last night. Oh, oh, the Biscuit Twins are are great characters. They're awful people, but they're great characters. I love, I love, I love this. I love this ridiculous, ridiculous thing. So. Mr. Barish decides that the Biscuits have made one too many excuses and suspends them, which causes Blythe to panic. The Biscuits try to protest, but Mr. Barish isn't having it. Blythe wants to tell Mr. Barish the truth, but Young Me is excited because the evil has been defeated. Sue is also very excited because now, without the Biscuits, school will be paradise. Minus the whole school thing. Blaith says that she's the reason the biscuits are being suspended. She's responsible for this miscarriage of justice. 
which I had to look up the origin of because I thought that had a very different implication. <laughs> a very different one. It, it's just a general, like, misuse of justice and not and not what I thought originally. Uh, it, I, I thought it was justice in a comparative sense to... You you get the idea. <laughs> so, Young Me says that this is justice. Think of all of the times the Biscuits have gotten away with something bad that uh, they did to them or us or anyone. Sue then invites Blythe to look around to see if anyone else is sad and everyone is celebrating. <laughs> There, there. Someone pulls out a party cannon from their locker. People are dancing. Uh, a guy and a girl reenact the World War II victory kiss without the kiss. That's a that's that's a weird thing I know, but it's seriously the vibe I was getting. And someone literally releases a bunch of doves. Like they they have like a bunch of doves, and it's like yo. Go, doves, go. Oh, dear. So, Blythe says no, and then looks at the biscuits, who, by contrast, are lit by a dim, flickering light, and then says, except for the biscuits. So, meanwhile, at the pet shop, Pepper is juggling a bunch of stuff to the amusement of everyone else. Everyone else except for Vinny, who is concerned about his lucky rock that Pepper is juggling. Pepper says that she wants to uh, improve her routine by juggling. So she's practicing juggling, which she knows already. That's that's probably the least weird part of this B-plot. So Vinny wants his lucky rock back. And Pepper gets irritated and says she won't drop it. However, she loses focus and everything starts to fall, including Vinny's lucky rock, which flies around the room, lands, doesn't break for a second, and then splits in two. Vinny gets really sad and Pepper tries to comfort him, but he doesn't want it though. Sunil says it's only fair for Vinny to choose a punishment for Pepper. Pepper agrees to that, and Russell asks what it'll be. Vinny says that he's too sad to think of a punishment, so he has to mull it over with his unlucky rock. Sunil says, I guess you'll have to wait to see what your punishment will be, no matter how long it takes. Well, have a good day! And all the pets leave Pepper, who is concerned. Okay, so this story really isn't out of character for anyone. It's just out of nowhere exactly it's just like Vinny having a lucky rock isn't out of character it's just we've never really seen it I mean I guess parts of it seem out of character like Pepper needing to learn to juggle because she knows how to juggle she's brushing up on it it's this whole thing is just a little confusing more than anything. It's it's not the worst um, B-plot this show has had. It's just weird. And that's really it. It's just... 
it's just weird. So at school the next day, young me is talking to Blythe about adding new flavors to her pet treats, which is a nice touch. But Blythe says, I'm not looking. And young me asks what that's about. And Blythe tells her that the biscuits don't like it when she looks at their lockers. But young me reminds her that they aren't here. And then at lunch, Blythe gets an extra helping of mashed potatoes and yells at the biscuits about it, awarding her with some awkward looks and the realization that they aren't there. So in Mr. Barish's class, he tells everyone that they're going to have a practice test. and Blythe is ready and then quietly tells the biscuits not to cheat off of her only to find that they aren't there. And then Mr. Barish rubs salt in the wound by saying, it's a good thing you're all here for this practice exam for the quiz next week. If you're not, you'll probably fail, and that is half of your grade. Blythe feels really guilty. So before I get into the main thing, I really thought Mr. Barish was the home ec teacher. Wasn't that the case in um, Bakers and Fakers? That's it. I thought he was the home act teacher and Miss Amster was the history teacher. Eh, I don't know. It's... It, it, I don't know if home act has tests because I really haven't taken it, but his classroom also doesn't seem very home act-y. It just is a regular classroom. Unless, like, unless he switched classes or home ec is a side thing for him. But he runs the home ec department in Bakers and Fakers. Unless, so he has to have either switched or they forgot about that. Or I misread that because I really thought Miss Amster was the history teacher because it was the whole thing. Whatever. So the main thing I love about this scene is that it shows a different side of Blythe's character development and the Biscuit Redemption arc, and I find it really, really cool. So so before, Blythe would totally have been on everyone else's side and just taken the victory, but now that she's seen how good the Biscuits can be sometimes, she feels bad. It's amazing and intricate, and I love it. It it's like I like I like seeing like someone. Okay, that that's it's gonna be. I'm I'm reversing that. Like, I find it interesting to see stories in which the main character, like, is is like um you know going a little crazy just like i find that interesting and like a really really good storytelling at times like it has to be the right circumstances and and this this just works because like like she is so used to the biscuits horrible behavior that like when she does something bad and the biscuits are paid for it uh, like, she she feels, like, guilty that, like, she didn't get punished. 
it's it's amazing. I lo- I love the bit. So, at the pet shop, Sunil is practicing magic. When his hat poofs out some purple smoke, Pepper comes up and asks if Vinny has made a selection. Sunil says no. He has been wallowing in sadness since yesterday. Pepper asks how long this is supposed to take. Sunil then says, Until three stars align in the northeastmost part of the southwestmost sky. Or until Vinny makes up his mind. Sunil is not is not great this episode. He he does this kind of like bull honky throughout. It's funny, but it doesn't make him look good. Pepper wants to just go talk to him, and then Sunil puts on his hat, but then the purple smoke gets onto him. And then Pepper approaches Vinny, and Vinny is saying, Oh, lucky rock, I could have used you today. Sunil asked me to guess a number between 1 and 10, and I picked Q. I would have guessed the right number he was thinking of if someone hadn't decided to juggle you and broken your luck in two and broke my heart. Pepper feels so bad about this that she leaves him alone. This B-plot is just a little weird. I don't know, especially like compared to the A-plot. Like, I know they have a through line, but... Uh, the the importance feels unbalanced, if that makes sense. So, in class the next day, Blaith is, like, freaking out while Young Me is celebrating day three with no biscuits. Blaith explains that whenever she thinks that the biscuits aren't here, she remembers it's her fault. She yells and disrupts the class... And then she goes up to Mr. Barish, and Mr. Barish says, Things are more peaceful nowadays, huh? So even Mr. Barish doesn't care that the biscuits aren't here. Well, he doesn't say that directly, and the next few uh, lines kind of contradict that, but he low-key just doesn't care that they're not here. So, Blythe asks how long the twins were suspended. Mr. Barish says it was just for a day. And and that uh, the principal was worried that if they pushed for more, uh, Fisher would sue the school again. <laughs> Blythe asks why they aren't back. And Mr. Barish says that the principal called Fisher and explained that they could come back. But Fisher says... That they aren't ready and are receiving treatment. <laughs> Which later, Blythe is talking to Young Me and Sue about how ominous that sounds. Young Me says that maybe they're getting their brains removed. Sue tells her to be realistic. You have to have a brain for that. Perhaps they're transferring to a different school. On Venus. <laughs> to which Young Me responds, very realistic, Sue. Blythe desperately wants to tell the truth for her own sanity and is worried about the biscuits, but Sue, but Sue says, do you really want to ruin this? And she points to 
everyone enjoying school life now. Blythe is torn between doing the right thing and making people happy. The, okay, this is Junior Knives Out minus the detective with the southern accent, basically. Like, everyone is a jerk except for the main character who feels guilty, and all of the jerks are trying to manipulate her into doing things their way, and the victim did something nice for the main character before something bad happened to them. Because remember, the Biscuits asked Blythe not to interfere. That might have been them just like, oh, whatever, don't talk. But it could be, no, we've got this. We've got this. Maybe. I don't know. Later things complicate this. But I get a strong Knives Out energy from this. Like a strong Knives Out energy. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I, like, slightly spoiled Knives Out just there. But, basically, Knives Out. <laughs> I feel, I feel like this is Knives Out. So, so, like, oh, God. Let's, let's, let's refocus. Okay, so, so, if, if this were uh my little pony by now young me or sue would have noticed blythe's strange behavior and asking blythe are you okay but now they're just like hey don't tell the truth because things are good if you don't tell the truth despite the fact that they are watching Blythe slowly go insane with guilt. And they're like, yeah, but the biscuits aren't here anymore. And it's, it's really, really, like, uh, it, it, it's very Knives Out. It's like, not, uh, <laughs> It's very Knives Out in that sense, where, like... Uh, okay, actual spoilers for Knives Out. The, the, this podcast episode contains spoilers for Knives Out. So, basically, uh, at, the, at the will reading, the dead rich guy gives all everything to uh, Marta, and... All the rich people are like, yo, we can help you. Just give us the money. <laughs> it feels like that. It feels very knives out in that sense. And another interesting thing to point out about this scene is that we see some background characters who have attended biscuit parties before. But that's just because they want to, like, reap the rewards of being in the vicinity of rich people. And I guess Blythe and crew have also done that to see the soul patches. But we've also seen Blythe grow as a character. <laughs> and, like, this makes sense for Blythe while everyone else is like, Yo, 
we'll, we'll take the benefits of being with this, but not the, like, dregs of it. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. Wow, okay. So back at the pet shop, Pepper asks Minka if she's talked to Vinny. Minka flip-flops and says, it depends. She talked to him when she first met him and on his birthday. And before Minka can continue, Pepper stops Minka and asks if they have talked about a possible punishment for her. Minka says no. Pepper goes up to Russell and Russell says, before you ask, I haven't spoke to Vinny about your punishment. Pepper says, I wasn't going to ask that. And Russell says, oh, then what did you want to ask? Pepper then asks, has Penny Ling talked to Vinny about my punishment? Russell responds, I don't think she has, and walks off. Pepper gets worried and starts chewing on her nails. Zoe stops her and says it's not great and also bad for her manicure, only to see that Pepper doesn't have a good manicure. Pepper asks Zoe if she's talked to Vinny, and she says no. Pepper chews on her tail, and Zoe tells her to stop worrying because she'll get a hairball. It's so superficial. Like, it feels weird. Like, this feels... This feels... Like, the pet subplot feels like it belongs in season one, not season four. Is the best thing. Because, like, this is after Frenemies. This is after Sweet Pepper. This is, like... After all sorts of things where, like, we see Zoe and Pepper have, like, a closer friendship than this. Like, yeah, no, it feels really just like a season one episode. And, like, trapped in, like, season four. And, like, I I know, like, there is merit to creating a show... Where, like, things don't change or evolve or whatever for, like, the sake of humor or jokes or what have you. There are good examples of that. It's just this show isn't one of them. Like, well, okay. It, like, half is and half isn't. Or at least a quarter is in because like i don't know for like for whatever like hmm no this is confusing because like like season season one has like uh, hold on hold on let me let me try to think about what i'm saying for a second so so like there are parts where it feels like you can jump in at any time. And sometimes those parts work, like pump up the panda. That that works. And there there are other times where like you need a lot of contact. Like snipmates. And that also works. This feels like it's in the middle of those two somehow. Where they don't want context, but context is needed? It It's weird. I don't... 
I just don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like I assume the writers talk to each other, or, or maybe maybe it's that lack of a Bible. But I mean, we're in season four now, where like they seem to have like buckled down, but not entirely, I guess. It's just strange. I don't know. So it 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 feels weird. So Pepper spits out her tail and the hairballs and is now worried about that on top of everything else. Blythe walks in and sits next to Pepper and they both complain about feeling guilty. And then we get a song. The Guilty Tango and you know, you know it's a weird episode where this isn't even all that weird. Like, yeah, it's not really a song you would expect out of this show. But the the pet story is a bit weird in a weird way. And Blythe's story reminds me of Knives Out. Which is weird in a cool way, I guess. So, during the song, Blythe fantasizes about different punishments the Biscuits are receiving. So, Whitney is rowing a boat uh, to the point of exhaustion. And Brittany is being hung up uh, upside down over a, a gator pit. And meanwhile, Pepper is agonizing over what Vinny will do to her. And the song is done in this, like, lighting that embraces the tango and guilty nature of the song. And it's really interesting and really well done. And it's just, like, it's a good song. Like, like the songs are, like, great. And this is, like, a good song. And it's, it's interesting. And there, there's, like, there's things going for this song that make it entertaining. And then at as the song ends, Blythe says, It feels better to talk about your problems, doesn't it? Pepper says, Not really. So, like, that that just feels weird in a sense. I don't know. It like it should like a little better to talk about your problems. I mean, it's not going to solve them exactly, but like I know I know talking about your like whatever is on your mind like helps. Like okay, my my prime example for this is uh like this one time I tried I was asking a girl out and I was like really really nervous to do it. And I was like shaking the entire time. And even though she said no, I felt Better having done it. You know? Okay, so so let's... Let's move on. So Blythe is still upset about the twins being gone. And uh, I think I mentioned this when it was done previously, but she changes outfits throughout the episode as time passes. So Young Me and Sue finally talk to her about feeling down but are still passive-aggressive towards the Biscuits. They say that they wouldn't feel bad 
if they were in your shoes. And Blythe, taking an extra step to defend the Biscuits, says that maybe that's what makes her different from them. Instead of saying, no, I've seen them be nice, because that was one of the caveats to her visiting uh, Grand Grand. Uh, I forgot her name at this point. Shoot, I really should remember her name. Whatever. However, like, I might just be seeing things that aren't there because that's also, a, like, like a viable statement on its own. And Blythe adds, also, I don't think that they would be in my shoes, especially the ones I get at the thrift store. So Blythe then says that she has to go and confess to Principal Morris, and she does. And Principal Morris is very understanding and just wishes Blythe had done something sooner. Blythe says she did too, but everyone was so happy about this. She then says she prepared all of the Biscuits' missing classwork and will help the Biscuits catch up. Principal Morris says, That sounds like a worse punishment than any I could come up with. Blythe says, I hope you're wrong, but I feel like you're right. So, Pepper uh, then is complimenting Vinny. Left and right, but Vinny ignores her. And then Pepper clears a path for Vinny, but that doesn't work either. And Pepper says that she's created a scent for him. But once the cloud dissipates, uh, he's gone. And then Sunil comes up to Pepper and asks if Vinny has selected a punishment. And Pepper says she hasn't heard anything from him. And then says, I think he's giving me the silent treatment. I can't think of a worse punishment from one of my friends. Sunil says... I can think of many, and I'm sure Vinny can. Have a good rest of your day. Pepper freaks out. This is like... This is weird. This is just a weird plot. And uh, I'm actually going to bring like my thinking previously uh, like into a rant I have planned later. So it just it just feels weird. A little. So, Blythe brings the books to the Biscuit Mansion, and she is struggling. And then she rings the doorbell, and it takes her fingerprint and identifies her as Blythe, noting a mole on her leg as a distinguishing feature. And then Phase 2 begins as Blythe is suspended in, like, a tube thing, kind of, like... Not not full tube, just like around her body. And her teeth are scanned. And the robot recommends to floss more. Which Blythe says she'll take into consideration. And then asks it to just ring the doorbell already. So that's a thing, I guess. Rich people, am I right? F- fingerprint scanners and teeth scanners. On the ready. So whatever. So the twins answer the door and ask what Blythe is doing here. Blythe is excited to see that they are alive. And then Blythe explains she came to apologize and says that whatever punishment their father gave them, like being strung up over alligators, she'll take the blame instead. The biscuits laugh maniacally. They weren't strung up over alligators. 
They then say the word military, and Blythe thinks that they were enrolled in military school. The Biscuits laugh circles around Blythe and say that they went to a military spa to think about what they did. They didn't because, one, thinking hurts our brain, and B, we didn't do anything. They then revel in Blythe being guilty and can't wait to tell everyone how she was freaking out. Blythe then holds up all of the Biscuit's books, and the Biscuit's ask, What's that? Blythe says, The joke. And it's on you. These are all of the assignments you missed, and I'm the tutor who will help you catch up. No matter how long it takes. The Biscuits scream. Serious spoilers for Knives Out. This reminds me of the la the very last scene of Knives Out where she's like where Marta is standing over all of the rich people like in full control, no longer feeling guilty, no longer being looked down upon. Everyone is looking up at her as she decides their fates. She is in control. And, like, it's it's implied that Marta will sort of help them out because we've seen that throughout the movie that she's genuinely a good person. And even though these people aren't great, like, they're, they're not like the worst i guess but they're not they're not the best and even like blanc is like i wouldn't help them but that's not you and i know that <laughs> and it like it's amazing however i do have another point i want to circle back around so the like the initial like biscuits just laughing at Blythe and stuff and just like like going full bully like I don't know so earlier I said I was gonna bring my like B side rant to the A side and now like after after saying it for the B side, it makes sense for the A side as well, and that this just this just feels like a season one episode. Like it could just be a season one episode. Where like like cause like in uh like Penny for Your Laughs, like Blythe also has sympathy for the biscuits. And you know, this is just a different version of that. Where, like, it would be completely in character for Blythe to, like, feel like this. Like, with or without the Biscuit Redemption arc going on. And from the outset, the episode wants to pretend it isn't? Uh, hmm. It like but it is though is the thing and like this like this has good elements of using it like subtly 
But I don't know if this is a show that, like, goes subtle, or at least that subtle. Like, there are nice little subtle things here and there, but I don't know, like, how consistently subtle it is. It's just... I don't know. It just... It feels like a season one episode that is in the middle of season four. And, and like, unlike Pump Up the Panda, where, like, you could place that, like, anywhere, this feels more at home in season one instead of in season four where it is. Because, like, by this point, uh, we would, like, expect a little more out of like some of these characters and some of their actions like I I mean they even acknowledge it season 4 cause like I don't know Young Me talks about her pet treats which is subtle well okay it's not that subtle like it's a very direct line of dialogue but it's very blink and you'll miss it kind of cause it gets interrupted by Blythe freaking out and that's more the focus of the scene so I don't know like it it's it's peculiar is what it is it's just it it feel like hmm like like it wants to be season one but it's not it, I don't know. Like we've seen like progress happen throughout the show. Like a lot of it might have been slow, and they're certainly like marathoning it this season. But like season three had some development, season two had some slight development, and even season one had development. And like season one's finale had like a great bit of development this just feels weird and out of place and it reminds me kind of of uh the very littlest pet shop in which like in the sense of like if it was earlier it might be better because like I wasn't surprised at all by the events of Littlest Pet Shop, like, being a thing. Because it felt like that could have happened. Like, it just could have. Like, season one is still, like, challenging, like, what is and what isn't, what, what is real, what is not. It's establishing that, and in season three, late season three, I might add, like, we're already in there, we know what to expect, and I get, like, defying expectations is, like, one thing, but, like, defying them in the worst way possible, it's not, it's not good. Like, and, like, this isn't even, like, defying expectations this is a like it's a fine episode but like 
It just feels like it's in the wrong season. <sighs> you know? I just... I don't... I don't feel like this is a... Well, I don't know. Parts of it feel season four. Like, but those could just be things that, like, I'm seeing things that aren't there. That, like... I am looking at this world of color, but the canvas is painted solidly blue. Essentially. So let's just finish this episode by Blaith walking into the pet shop saying, you will not believe the day I've had. She then spies basically a tribunal where Vinny has finally come to a decision on what to do and Blaith has no idea what's going on. So Vinny confronts Pepper, who is scared out of her mind, and demands she apologizes. Vinny explains that he thought about it, and thought about it, and he doesn't want to be mean to his friend. She made a mistake. He's made plenty of mistakes. He also notes that her agony over guilt was probably punishment enough. Pepper apologizes and gives Vinny a replacement rock, she wanted to save it until after she was punished to show that she wasn't trying to get out of anything. Vinny then says that she should keep it so it can bring luck to her and everyone awes at this. And then Vinny says, besides, I have a sack full of lucky rocks, which weirds everyone out as he takes them out and Pepper is in sheer disbelief. So that is the end of the episode. It's it's good, but it feels out of place. It's it like it it's weirdly out of time. Like I I I I had that whole rant on like this whole episode just feels like it belongs in season 1. And it's in season four. And parts of it make you think season four. And some of that might be like there. But some of that might just be like chasing shadows. It's. It, it's it's good. But it's also weird and hard to take in. It's a mixture of flavors that's like bold in attempt. And, like, you feel like it could mix well. It's just not done right. So, that is it for this episode of The Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave a comment and review on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they've got tickets to see Knives Out. And be sure to tune in to the next episode where we will discuss Petnapped. I shall see you then.